Welcome to the Justin News Podcast. My name is Justin Cross, and today my guest, he is the Deputy Director of the Thurman Arnold Project at Yale University, a fellow at the Harkin Institute, a senior fellow at Data for Progress, and a very nice fellow himself from Iowa. He ran for Congress in the state of Iowa. In fact, I interviewed him. We talked about how he dressed up as the Monopoly Man. And uh, Austin Freyrich, thank you so much for being my guest. Hey, thanks for having me on, Justin. Uh, Austin, let's get right to the issue and the topic of everybody's mind. Uh, just cut right to it. Do you or do you not still own the Monopoly Man costume? And did you, if so, did you bring it with you to New Haven, Connecticut? So, I never officially wore the Monopoly Man costume. I had volunteers do it. Um, it's been like my bucket list item to really flesh this out. I still have it all, but I would love to get like a much more. You know, the costume I had before was like, ironically, things I bought on Amazon. <laughs> and I mean, it'd be really cool just to kind of, you know, what I mean, get a more better done one. And I don't. I think it'd be a funny, funny Halloween costume. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Well, tell people like why real quick when you ran for Congress back in 2018 and why did you, why did you have the Monopoly Man costume? Yeah. So I ran a campaign in Iowa's third congressional district focused on corporate concentration and, um, and kind of what's, you're seeing much more of it being talked about now in the current presidential race. But at the time, the American economy is way more concentrated than people realize because there's this illusion of choice like you know you mean you walk into a store you see a bunch of brands i take peanut butter you'll see like jiffy's you'll see santa cruz you'll see a bunch of them on a shelf turns out half of them are owned by one company it's the same thing with like you know panera like panera is also owned by stuntown part of major uh, burgers bagels all that and so part of what we did to kind of like show people the concentration problem and also, like, kind of had fun. You kind of have fun when you do this. Was uh, I would run around Iowa with this Monopoly board, waving it, saying, "We got to use this word more." And then we also had a Monopoly man. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought it was funny. You got so much of politics is theater, and we actually probably display our like the Monopoly board. It's like on our bookshelf in our house right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you, you know what I mean. It's almost like a, like a little trophy. That's great. Uh, well, let, let me ask you this: Who, who in the race that you've seen among the Democratic candidates brings about the most theater, or brings about kind of the most entertainment to the game? Oh boy! Um, and and I know what you're going to say, John Delaney, but you know, <laughs> I was going to say Deval Patrick. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm happy you know you know John Delaney's running. I, don't, I think most people don't even realize that. Um, <laughs> it's weird. I, more, I feel like Senator Sanders has a more theatrical, you know, public events. But at the same point, I think Warren's been really good too at doing kind of old-fashioned guerrilla-style political theater with you know buying that ad in Silicon Valley, being like, "We want to break up these companies." To buying ads on Facebook, saying, "I want to break up Facebook," and then Facebook pulling it down. Right. Right. Like that, that, that's just smart. That's just great. That's, that's good. I, I love that kind of stuff. Well, I, I think, you know, and you've written articles that I feel like are, are really, I mean, if people check you out on, on Twitter, they should, because you, I think when, whenever you publish something, I think you do a really good job of breaking it down in pretty simple terms. And like you just use the peanut butter analogy. And I think 
or, or the peanut butter example. And I think that's, that's one of the things that's uh, kind of, I feel like it's an art form and it's, there's just never going to be enough of that in politics, which is like, why, how do you make it interesting? Like, how do you bring people into the process who may not know jack shit about, you know, about politics or, or maybe they, they pay attention, but it's at the very end. And so their knowledge is like very surface level. Um, well, I think that's, I mean, that's part of the current model. That's why it's so broken. I mean, the current model, if you're a Democrat is sit in a box, call people on the coast, fundraise all day. Then you transfer all the money you raise to some consultants in DC and they run some generic TV ads. Yeah. Um, and that's just first it's cookie cutter. It's nothing special. And part of being a politician is like you gotta connect like it, 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 it to me it's no different than stand-up or like drag queens or whatever like you're testing your rhetoric every night yeah and each audience you're going to use different jokes on absolutely yeah or different examples like I, I, the peanut butter one i love because everyone, everyone likes peanut butter but i had that in iowa where like i would be talking about corn seed concentration in the suburbs of the state capital and that that was totally falling falling flat and you know it like you can read an audience you're like they have no clue what i'm saying or it doesn't impact <laughs> their life <laughs> trust me those are like rough calls like, you, you don't need like leave a show you bomb right you're just like why am i doing this oh yeah yada 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 oh yeah oh yeah i had a show one time i did i i, I actually brought a girl out that i really had a had a crush on it was like the third time i ever did stand up it was in college and uh and like the second time I did it, I, I feel like, you know, at least in hindsight, I thought I did a good job, you know? And so I, I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling all confident and, about myself. And I did a, a totally different set of jokes and I just bombed, like absolutely bombed. And I remember getting in my Mercury Mystique and I was, I called my mom, I'm like 19, 20 years old or something. And I just, I like started crying to my mom on the phone and I was like, I'm never going to do this again. And then you know, 11 years later, still crying in my car. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, I mean, it's the human side of it. It's like, I, I had the same experience where like, I hit a deer on the campaign. Um, you know, cause you do real night driving and like, I didn't have health insurance and like the deer, if it was a second faster, would have hit my side of the door instead of the back seat. Oh and God. like, that's kind of scares the shit out of you. It's also like, I, I had like crappy insurance, so I couldn't afford to fix it. So I was like driving around with a deer dead in a car, which means you have to park far away from things. So no one knows running for Congress with a deer dead in a car. Oh my God. <laughs> and so like, I like, you know, when you're like in a bed, had headspace and you do a show and you just, because you're in a bed, had space, you bomb. Right. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, same thing. So like, I did the same thing. So like after the deer, the deer shook me and I'm like, I just bombed one night. Like I remember that restaurant. Um, and so totally did the same thing. I called my partner. I was like, what the hell did I do? <laughs> that's awesome. That's it. See, but that's, you know, and I think people appreciate the he, the human, the human side of that. Right. And, uh, but let's, let's, let me ask you real quick about the caucus. Let's get to it. I mean, besides like freezing your balls off, like what is, <laughs> what is, what is, what is a caucus and how is it different than like a normal primary in Nevada or, you know, South Carolina. I guess Nevada actually has a caucus, right? But like, how is, how is Iowa caucus different from, from other ones? So the big, two big differences between a caucus and a primary are time and viability. What I mean by that is, you know, a primary you could show up any time of the day and vote. Whereas in caucus, it's a set time. It's like you have to show up at a certain time at your designated area. 
So, like, I think it's like 7 o'clock in Iowa. So you show up. So I would go to the, my old middle school gym. Show up at 7, sign in. And then they close the doors. And then what I mean by viability is you go into the gym and you're like, you go into the corner of the gym of which candidate you support. You get the very public display of support. Mm-hmm. And if your group in the corner doesn't have at least 15% of the room, you are no longer viable. That candidate is no longer an option. You get a second chance to pick another candidate. Right, right. That seems, so that part of it seems pretty interesting because that part of it seems like, you know, maybe the Yang voters or maybe the Klobuchar voters or people, you know, obviously the huge um, number of, of Delaney voters. Um, maybe, you know, what will happen to them? You know, where will they fall? Because, you know, I, I want to get your kind of analysis here on the candidates in a minute. But like, it seems like there's, you know, one of the one of the things I heard the other day is you've got, you know, Klobuchar, Buttigieg and, and Biden kind of running middle of the road right now or, or kind of as moderates. And that's sort of clogging up space so that neither one of them is super, you know, is, is necessarily pulling completely away from the rest of them. Um, and, it, and it seems like that can make a big difference when you have, you know, like somebody kind of down, you know, like, a, for instance, even like on the Warren, Warren uh, uh, Sanders side where, where you've got depending on how one of one of them performs, you may be able to pull, uh, you know, a Warren voter over to a, to a Bernie voter. Do you, I mean, in your own experience, have you seen a lot of that sort of jockeying happen in, in how that can really impact who comes out on top or who performs well overall? Oh, totally. I mean, I, I did that myself where in 08, I walked in thinking I'd be John Edwards. Mm, okay. And lols. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny to see what that became. Um, but he was like kind of running a little bit of a Bernie campaign before Bernie. Like he was that lefty, very much healthcare. Ben and Jerry ice cream was right next to him. Right, right. Um, he had the two Americas. I remember, I remember the two, two Americas. Yeah. Yeah, it was like good rhetoric. It was just never quite. Like, you never felt like he really believed it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because he had a separate family on the side. Separate <laughs> family, but it's also like their classic, like, two Americas, but I spent $400 on my haircut. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I remember walking into the gym and being like, oh, man. but then seeing which of my like, people I knew in my neighborhood that were supporting Obama, you're like, you know, this sounds so cheesy, but you're like, this just, like, at the moment, it just felt right. Like, Oh, this is really cool. This is like not who I was suspected. Like it just feels historic. I'm gonna go stand in this corner. Right, right. That makes sense. Do you and think? So, like, I, no, go ahead. Oh, sorry. sorry. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just saying. I think that like the the scene what other people are doing because it's it's like it's like you're playing a game, but everyone's playing together in the middle of the room, right. and to see everyone kind of, like, I think it pushes people to break a certain way. Right, right. Does it ever get like testy? I mean, do you ever get like? You know, not to play on Iowa stereotypes, but do you know, do, are people throwing corn at one another at any point? Like, is it, you know what I mean? Like, is it, does it get, does it get testy when you're in the gym? And it, and it always seems like it's in a gym or like a school. Like, you know, it, it's funny because I, it seems as, it seems as down home as I imagine. But like, I, I also wonder if people, people maybe, uh, you know, maybe a bar fight or two. Not to be too stereotypical, but like Iowans are too passive to be aggressive and testy <laughs> like that. <laughs> like so much of Iowa culture is said without being said. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say who's who's more is it is it more Iowa nice or more Minnesota nice? I, I don't even say it's nice. It's just like 
you communicate things and it's like you know like that there's like that southern phrase of bless your heart yeah <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah there's like midwest for there's like a midwest version where you're like you sure you want to do that like very much that kind of thing right <laughs> people like you you dance around everything nothing is ever straight you know straight to the point see i feel like that's where you break the mold right there my partner's from the East Coast. I'm getting kind of better at that. <laughs> getting to the point. Um, but I also like keep, I think the more, the more Iowa thing too is it's much more egalitarian of a society. Like you don't have the New England prep schools there. Right. But you don't, you don't have the Appalachia or Mississippi Delta River poverty. So like there isn't that tension. Today's podcast is brought to you by the NRA the Nashville Racketeering Association. We manufacture the highest quality tennis and squash rackets in the greater Nashville area. Graphite, hypercarbon, titanium, even tungsten. We work with everything and our rackets are top notch. Online response has been flabbergasting and we'd like to address that. Racketeering is something we're passionate about. Please stop sending us subpoenas. Also, protesters outside our office chanting down with the NRA are completely uncalled for. We're a pillar of the Nashville community. Bernie Sanders threw a brick through our window the other day. I mean, come on! The Nashville Racketeering Association. Please, for the love of God, leave us a positive Yelp review. Can I get some quiet? Can I get some peace? The truth is getting buried in the babble. Could you shut the fuck up, please? Everyone is lying and we're destined to fail because nobody's been driving. We're getting off of the rails. Oh, man, this is crazy. Do we overvalue the Iowa caucus? Like, Do we put too much emphasis on, on its impact or, or, or not enough? Yes and no. I mean, that that's... I mean, it's a huge impact. Like the, the moment. I mean, keep in mind the Iowa caucuses are like the diehards of the party. You know, mm-hmm. like if you work at night, you know what I mean. You probably can't attend. And I, I, I know plenty of people like that. I mean, there are inaccessibility questions galore with the caucuses. That said, you leave Iowa coming out first. That momentum's hard to stop. Yeah. I actually think this race will quickly consolidate. Whoever wins those first two or three races, I think it's going to be theirs. Oh, really? Wow. I just think people want to be Trump. And they don't really... I, I, I hear from a lot of people just being like, oh, I like... They might have a favorite, but they're like, I just want a Democrat to win. Right. I was going to ask, so you moved across the country. You've worked in D.C. You're in New Haven at Yale now. And you... Uh, obviously, you ran for Congress in Iowa. Like, do you feel like people will rally around biden or warren or sanders you know Buttigieg. like do you think people will come together because if you look at twitter you look at other places like there's some there's some snowflake on snowflake crime going on out there on uh, on social media yeah i, I don't i as i more and more i put less emphasis on twitter um, <laughs> i just don't think idea. it's proper. yeah i just like i always remember like you know twitter Twitter, just all it is, is it's, it's the new version of an AOL message board. <laughs> it's just like you pick your sub, you pick your category, and you just play in it. Right, right. Oh God, if that means if that means that I'm going to have to introduce myself to people on Twitter as like Justin thirty four slash M slash MS, 
you know i'm gonna meet some creepy ass folks along the way <laughs> you, 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 do, I mean, you do anyways on twitter i mean there's rabbit holes like you, you discover and you're like i had no clue this existed some odd chat room <laughs> in your opinion is there an issue that really stands out that just resonates with with iowa in a different way than other parts of the country i i don't think so. i mean this one i usually there is like you can usually agriculture is the easy answer here but I think with Trump is just all consuming in everyone's lives every day. I think electability just consumes all all conversation. That that's just the thing I think most people care about is how are we going to end this? If you're a Democrat, it's like how do we move on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 like it's it reminds me of relationships I've been in, in the past. It's like how the fuck is this going to end? Like I can't end it yeah. right now, but I can figure out what my exit strategy is. It's, it's a weird god this is not the best comparison but it reminds me of the tv show weeds uh, yeah 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 <laughs> kevin Neal. where you're just like it was funny at first and now i mean i it, it's hard i mean i it's, it's for me to even say that it's hard for like i know i'll get pushback but like it was like his the republican 2016 debates i remember watching all them and like when he would go up there and call like openly say i'm buying politicians and all that like it was just kind of refreshing to hear in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. Until you realize like, Oh, this is, this is just an odd, like, I don't know. Right. It, it was funny at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it, it's, it's one of those things. Like, uh, I had a comedian friend who was on Conan like the day before, I think it was like a, maybe a couple of days before the, the election in 2016. And he, he did this really long bit. It was really funny, but it was about, it was like, I know America, you want to pull the lever for Trump just to see what the fuck happens. I know it's really, it's like, it's like right there. It's like, you just want to just fucking pull the lever, but don't do it. Don't do it. And, and we did it. And, and it's, I feel like come out way worse than one could even imagine back then. Oh, I, I, yeah, I think your friend, I think your buddy was on it. Like, it's just, I, I think part of it too is like, you see some of these, some of the way politicians talk and you're like, uh, there's a certain candidate in Democrat race. My partner always kind of mocks where it's like, I want to bring small town values to DC or like whatever. And it's just like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, no, no human being talks to platitudes. I've been digging a shelter. Hey kids, rock and roll. Better think fast for you lose control. Today's podcast is brought to you by Dahmer Family Cured Meats. Whether you're looking for thighs, legs, belly, ribs, shanks, any cut of meat, nobody cures meat like the Dahmers. Started in 1918 by old Denny Dahmer, our obsession with butchering, curing, and smoking meat of all shapes and sizes has only gotten stronger and more insatiable. Dahmer Family Cured Meats. No meals complete without our sweet meat. I'll give it to you straight. This ain't looking good. I wonder if the history books will say that humankind did all they could. Of course, I am a. I want to get to two other things. I want to get to what you're doing over in New Haven, and I got I got a few uh, kind of rapid fire questions for you. Um, okay. But before we get to that, what's your prediction? What happens uh, in the Iowa caucuses? Uh, what, what What do you think will go down? Um, do you have a favorite yourself? I, I, I'm private. I'm personally supporting uh, Elizabeth Warren. 
Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. You're a warm person, I, aren't you? Um, I just think, she, I mean, she is, she, I mean, it's funny. She is the American story, the American dream. You know, college dropout, 19, to have kids, special needs teacher, community college, and then become tenured to Harvard. You, you don't see that. Right. And um, she's really good at understanding complex things. She ha- She actually has a vision. She knows how to govern. She knows how to put points on the board. Right. Um, is that what separates Warren from from Sanders for you? So, yeah, I would say that. Um, I think Warren understands has a better grasp of like you can't just get from here to there. You have to like you know it's steps along the way. It's not, you know you have to put the right people in agencies. You have to commission certain reports. Like this is really needed gritty, gritty government stuff, but it matters so much. Yeah. Like I think it says a lot about Warren where. You know, after the 2016 primary, she met with Hillary. It was like, I won't endorse you, but I want you to appoint certain people in positions of power. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is big deal. I mean, to have yeah. to get. And then, like, you know, she got her people elected to Congress. You know, she got Katie Porter in California. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one I'm forgetting. And then I know she tried really hard with the governor of Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, personally, I'm a big fan myself. Um, I kind of go back and forth between her and Bernie. Um, yeah. I also, I, you know, I think there's some, re- I, I definitely, to your point, I, earlier we talked about like bringing people back in. I will go hard. I've made a commitment to myself that I am going to go hard for whoever is the nominee. I don't care if it's Biden, Buttigieg, Klobuchar. I don't care if, I don't, you know what? I don't give a shit. Even if I, even if Klobuchar throws a binder at me, I'll still work for her. So that's how that's how much I dislike Donald Trump, and and I think we hopefully everybody will, uh, you know, everybody on that side, everybody on the Democratic side will pull together. For yeah, and I think that will happen. I I, I don't take Twitter's not a, like that's not a pulse of where things are, and so yeah, and th- that's where I think that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, well, let's get to, before we get to our game, just give people a little bit of a heads up on like what you're doing, what you're doing in New Haven. Um, you know, you're, uh, uh, working on the, you're the deputy director for the Thurman Arnold project. What is that? Yeah. So it's like, actually it's, um, it's named after Teddy, uh, sorry, Franklin Roosevelt's trust buster. Oh. He was a former Yale law professor um, but he's a really fascinating guy because he used to be like mayor of, uh, La- I think it was Laramie, Wyoming. Wyoming. Okay. So okay. he had that like small town mayor ethos where like he understood political theater. He understood of like you, you know, you have to you know move things ahead. Um. So we are named after that. It's it's like it's um his ethos of maintaining competitive markets. You know. Um. So we a lot of what we do is. We're kind of an antitrust initiative, so like you know, we have a lot of business school kids, law school kids we work with. We're putting together a big tech conference um, in a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then, so I mean, most of it's focused on big tech, but I'm doing a lot of agriculture stuff too. Right, right. I feel like that is also you know we we're talking about Warren and it's like that, that is like kind of her bread and butter, right? I mean, oh totally. I mean that that is her like theory of change. It's like the problem we have now is this concentrated corporate power that's corrupting our system. Until we tackle that power, then we can get to the promised land. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is so cool. And how long are you there for? Are you just doing a year? I'm here for a while. I, I this is not the best comparison. I feel like I'm a person in like government in exile. 
Like, I'm just like, I, Connecticut is fun. New England's fun to explore. We don't see ourselves here long term, but you never know. I mean, this is a very volatile time we live in. I would love to run again in Iowa, but it's also like, who knows? Yeah. yeah. I also think we're like living in 1927, waiting for the economy to bottom out. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, are you, any, any crazy changes you predict between now and, uh, say, November 3rd? I don't, I thought the economy would have, like, we would have a recession by now, but there, I mean, he, he, the scary thing about this moment is he controls government. And you have a lot of super rich people who clearly do not care about democracy, who are willing to undermine it for their vested interests. And so they will goose everything. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I mean, there's no, there's no example, I feel like, in, say, the last 12 years or so that, you know, that kind of behavior over time will eventually cause, say, a bubble to burst. Um, no such example, at least, that I've ever seen in my life at all. That, 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 you know, over time, it seems great until the whole, you know, every like, shit hits the fan. I don't know if you saw this, but, like, the other day, there's some, there something in D.C., and, like, Jeff Bezos bought this old museum turned into his, like, fancy mansion. Um, <laughs> he was having, like, a gala, like, who's who. And, you know, you have Jared and Ivanka, Mitt Romney, all these, you know, Bill Gates going to this party. And you're like, this just feels straight out of Great Gatsby. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. It's, it's like all the robber barons of the era partying together as Rome barons, you know? <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. Well, um, Austin, Frederick, real quick, before uh, before we get to our little game, uh, let's, uh, you know, not our little game. It's our big game. But but before we get to it, where can people find you? Um, I know Twitter, at Austin Frederick, and your website, AustinFrederick.com. Where else can people check you out? And, and uh, you know, we want you running again for, for Congress, but uh, but in the meantime, where can people find your work? Uh, yeah, those are the two big ones, I would say. I mean, if you want to see pictures of my video, I would say Instagram. I don't really post on Instagram. Um, yeah, I would say my Twitter, my, my personal website are the best. My personal website is just more of a collection of stuff I written. You've you've written for all like the American Conservative, right? Isn't that was uh, yeah. yeah? I mean, you. Yeah. I I like I love talking to you because you are you're able to sort of I think speak to a lot of different groups, um, and that is not easy to do just in general. Certainly not like when it comes to politics. I think I mean to really resonate with with different groups. That's funny you say that because like I. I'm taking the American Conservative article right now. I'm looking on expanding it into a book. Awesome. And uh, I have this line where I was just talking about growing up. I used to watch, I used to be a Republican. I used to watch like the Bill O'Reilly show with my grandpa. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I would love, I, I, I actually, I would pay, I would, I would at least pay decent money in Mississippi prices. I live in Mississippi now. So I, it's all relative. Okay. I'm not, I'm not living in California right now. But Mississippi money, I would pay good money to see you watching Bill O'Reilly for an hour, like today. I, I, I actually, I mean, I still do. I mean, not Bill O'Reilly shows gone, but like, like I adore my grandparents. Like over their house, it's always on. Oh my god! I mean, that that's the thing. I don't think people get is like the collapse of local news and what that means. Like, you know, if, if you're a certain demographic, you go to this news outlet. If you're a certain demographic, you go to a bad news outlet, and like. Fox knows what it's doing. It, it know, it's tabloid press is all it is. Right. Right. And like, I remember I, I did a year ago, New Year's Eve with my grandparents at their house. And like, I kid you not, at 10 o'clock at night, Trump calls them. 
<laughs> and like I called him after he could talk. I just said I called him a doofus. Yeah. And oh my god, my grandma livid at me. Oh man. Like the next day, I real I apologized to her because like I disrespected her. Oh my gosh! See, that is some Iowa nice shit right there. That is some, like, That's more. That's family politics. Like you know <laughs> what I mean? Grandma's getting old. You got to be nice. Like you just. But I. I mean, I, I grew up in these worlds. So like it's it's about figuring out. Okay, you don't change minds by telling people they're wrong. Where mm. do we have common ground, and how do we shift the conversation over there? Right. Like. Grandma, Grandma and I are not going to agree on a woman's right to choose, but you know what? I bet she'll agree with me on corporate power. Let me let me focus on that. Right, right, yeah. Again, that's that's kind of. I remember our gun conversation from a while back because you were even that. I mean, it was it was like, how do you talk to um, you know people who who love guns, but um, you know, how do you how do you how do you appeal to that group in a way that like will resonate? And uh, yeah. Um, okay, I know you got just a few minutes left. Um, so I want to get to this game. I like to call uh, super lazy questions that I wrote five minutes before the show, but may actually reveal <laughs> something interesting about yourself. So question number one, Austin, uh, what is your favorite place that you've visited since being in New Haven, Connecticut? Uh, this is going to be stereotypical, but like, I kind of love Vermont, like Middlebury, Vermont. Okay. Like, I'm not used to seeing healthy rural towns in Vermont. It's like a very magical place. <laughs> it's it's like Iowa, but with less Pizza Huts. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Iowa. Like, it's just, it's that, and like, they have this thing called creamies, where it's like ice sauce or ice cream, but like, they put maple syrup in it. Yeah, yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, I actually, I remember seeing that in Burlington. I think I, yeah. yeah. That's I, literally after we got, we got engaged there this summer, and like, right after we did, we just like went putt-putt and got creamies. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. Wait, where did you guys get engaged? If you don't mind me asking, was it was it Burlington or was it? We got engaged in Middlebury. That's where my fiance went to college. Okay. So like, that's the deal. We're getting married in Iowa, so yeah, bookended. Very cool. Uh, on a scale of one to five, five being the very best, how much do you love gas station pizza? <laughs> um, for for, for, I, for you're the, asking. You're, I just moved to New Haven, though, and like. New Haven is a pizza town. I've actually heard that. I've heard it's, that. I mean, it, it, it's truly like, I don't mean to ramble, but like my whole thing is like, sure, I, like people lost a sense of local, like even food. Um, people crave that. Like they want, they want to feel like they're, in a, you want to feel like something, sense of place. And like, it's really cool to be in a town where like pizza is a thing here. And there are local restaurants that fight over pizza. Like everyone, mm-hmm. everyone has a different favorite. Like there's not one place everyone goes to. I swear to God, it's like twelve. <laughs> I've heard there's there's like one spot though that like I don't know. Maybe I'm sure there's several. But you know, it's it's Pepe's. Pepe's is like the one spot for like tours. But okay. like everyone in the town has like like we're kind of getting to the point now where we have like our favorite pizza at each place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like gas station pizza, I, because of that, I would give it like three three out of five because okay. it, it hits that niche like there is about two slices in a pot for five bucks that's like you know what i mean kind of clutch right <laughs> yeah oh man you're right no i um i've 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 gone vegan recently so i haven't uh i don't indulge too much in the, the gas station pizza anymore but 7-eleven used to get i used to crush 7-eleven uh so, so 7-eleven like breaks my heart though that like hot case is like 
you know what I mean? When you walk in, you see all that like hot food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Iowa has like Casey's general. Oh yeah, we talked. Sorry, that Casey's is like our go-to. Oh, okay. Okay. And like, so the gas, the Casey's gas station I was the single largest seller of pizza in the state. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I know you were you were you were crushing some some gas station pizza. I'm sure you crushed some Casey's when you're on the on the on the campaign trail. I have like a guilty pleasure for Subway tuna, but like I get a lot of crap for that. <laughs> um, what is your go-to karaoke song? I was just going to say Pat Benatar hit me with your best shot. <laughs> I don't know why. That's like the first one that pops in my head. Yeah. But I think part of it, I was just talking to my dad earlier. Like, that's the one 80s act we both go to a casino together to see. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I was, I interviewed, uh, you know, John Ossoff, uh, who's running for Senate in Georgia. And he, I asked him the same question. He said, Mariah Carey. Oh shit. I can't remember the name of the song offhand. It was like the most popular nineties. It was like, no, it was like, want to be my baby or all I want is you or, you know, something just generic as hell. But well, that's like really like, I mean, Ryan Carey songs are hard to sing. I mean, they always seem so high pitched. Oh, I mean, I would have no chance. I go, I, I go, I go Bruce Springsteen and I just mumble into the microphone for five minutes. So born to run. Um, two more for you. Uh, on a scale of one to five, five being most likely, what are the chances that you'll run for office again? Um, three or four. I mean, nice. I mean, I would love to. I mean, I, it's truly fun, but it's like it's also now a group decision. Yeah. Where it I mean it's a year or two without an income. Yeah. And like, if you, depends where you are or we are. And then, um, you know, with, with a, if you have a child, that's a whole different ball game because it's all consuming. Like it, it's like every day you wake up and breathe. Like, how do I beat that person? I can only imagine. I mean, it is, it's, it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to, I interviewed, I interviewed Gilm around the same time I interviewed you and, and I'm getting ready to interview him again on Friday. But back then it was right before the Florida primary and I could just, you know, I was, he was a little more accessible than, than he is nowadays because, because of his, you know, his popularity. But, um, I remember, you know, he, he did a great interview with me and I was so impressed, not just because his, his answers, but because his answers, he was just driving down, he was driving down I-10 in Florida going to some, you know, like his, it was going to be his second one of the day and it was only like nine o'clock AM or something like that, you know? And it's just, tons of, I mean I can only imagine like I heard I heard some folks talking the other day about Biden and his lack of uh you know he hasn't been campaigning that hard in Iowa compared to the rest of them and it's like he's still doing like three you know at least three events a day and I'm just you know I, I understand like if you're running for president it's a, it's a different game but my god it's it's a lot of work oh it's so unhealthy too I mean like that's a low-key like half of why I got down to this food antitrust stuff is like you drive mostly small towns in Iowa, like to get healthy food, it's like becoming like a yuppie urban privilege. Yeah. To get like affordable good food. Yeah. Yep. Um last thing, uh, I gotta ask you, what who is gonna win on uh the Iowa who who's gonna come out on top? Who do you think surprises like what what's your prediction um come caucus night? Uh, I'll eat these words. Um 
I'm just I'm just gonna say Warren. I, I just think she has the best team. And that that's like not that's half rational, half heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Shocker is gonna be a Klobuchar surge kind of at the last minute, and like I think Mayor Pete's gonna underperform. You, who's gonna underperform? Mayor Pete. Oh really? Okay, yeah, yeah, because he's he's been climbing in the polls. I think he's like kind of holding the second spot right now. So, uh, but the Bernie one, the Bernie one, I can't figure out. Like it's. Um, Polling, I think, is useless anymore just because, like, everyone, their mom gets, like, 10 telemarketed calls a day. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, like, I mean, I, I get one all the time being, like, something about car payments. I'm like, I don't own a car. Um, <laughs> at least I don't have a car in my name, I should say. <laughs> but, um, but, like, so who, who answers polls? But then the Bernie thing is, like, he has a solid base. Yeah. It's, it's, um, and half of politics is about fundraising. And he, it's kind of an incredible moment we're living in. Where like two of some of the best candidates are self financed. I mean, like it's yeah. it's people going online giving money. We like FDR didn't have Act Blue. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. You're exactly right. He's got he's got a like basically you know a blank check he can write whenever somebody goes after him. It's it's uh, and it's and he's he's remained consistent. So, um, and, like people value that. I mean, it's a uh, he he communicates very well. Very easy to understand. Um, he has an interesting broad-based coalition. Uh, I mean, it's refreshing as somewhat like a left person, like a progressive, to have two good progressive options. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say this to everybody: like it is, we, like let's just. I, I don't know if I, to me, I don't know if there's an Obama again, but certainly Elizabeth Warren looks pretty amazing, and I think that the the candidates that are in the race. I mean, just from a like overall field perspective, certainly the strongest field I've. I've seen in my lifetime, um, Democrat or Republican across the field. So, you know, although Marco Rubio, but, <laughs> uh, Austin Frederick, thank you so much. I know you got to go. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Check everybody, check Austin out, austinfrederick.com and check him out. Austin Frederick on Twitter. Um, thanks so much for being on the podcast and, uh, looking forward to seeing how things turn out, uh, in Iowa. Yeah. Thanks again for reaching out. It's been good to catch up.